the letter I. Happy Christmas, by the way. Merry Christmas to you, sir. This episode drops on uh, Christmas Eve, and I've done my very least to make the studio festive. I have two satsumas. One satsuma, not interested. Two, yeah. now you're talking. Two lint balls. What, a pardon? Uh, two lint, lint oh, balls. Oh, not like yeah. balls of lint. Like, yeah. you know, like you're getting your belly button. And a funnel. <laughs> I don't even... What, a funnel. What can you make with a funnel? What two tangerines it? and... Some lint balls. Find out at the end of the show. <laughs> now it's for the slow gin. We're making the slow gin. Oh, of course. Gin. And it's the chocolate part of that process. Oh, no, that's just to keep me going, actually. Oh, uh, fair for enough. For the rest of the podcast. So, uh, what's the word that you call me? Inflammable. Idonious. Ido- oh, I love that. Or Idonious. That sounds like a Lenny Henry character. It's not. Idonious P. Wildebeest. Ah, uh-huh, ah, uh-huh. <laughs> or whatever he did back in the 80s. Come on. Uh, so, basically, it's an adjective and it means suitable, appropriate. So in a sentence... Uh, in a sentence, I would say sex with Colin last night was quite indodious. I don't think Colin would agree. Colin's th- not got a word in this. I think Colin would be going for meh. <laughs> That's the M, we'll get to M. Yeah, absolutely. What was uh, yours then for me? I called you infrangible. Infrangible? Oh, yeah. it's a lovely word. What do you think infrangible Infrangible. Is? Does it mean not easily shaken? Like, so maybe I'm, I'm um, stoic. You know I can't go to the high register, right? So I can't do my usual... Um, <laughs> God, it's horrible. Uh, infrangible from 1590, taken yeah. from the late medieval Latin in, meaning not. Yeah. And the pro Indo European word frango, Ooh. meaning not to be broken or violated. So infrangible is unbreakable or unviolated. Yeah, you could say you were unviolated. <laughs> well, that would be a lie. That's a different podcast, frankly. Uh, were, uh, it's still in use today. Westlife would have had a number one hit with Infrangible in 2002. <laughs> Bruce Willis and Samuel L. Jackson yeah. would have starred in the 2000 film Infrangible. And a Thai couple would hold the record for the longest Infrangible kiss. They beat an elderly pair back in 2013 to win two diamond rings with a time of 58 hours, 35 minutes and 58 seconds. Wow. Uh, you want to use it in a sentence? The seal on the nuclear launch codes should remain infrangible. Do you know there's a very interesting thing about the nuclear codes as well? There was a... Uh, the number is one, two, three, four. No, that would be too easy. <laughs> the idea is that people think in politics that to have a big red button that can cause a nuclear war yeah. is a problematic because no one sees the, uh, the weight of the problem upon that button. Yeah. So one strategist said the best way to make people or the president or the prime minister who ever had to press that button more aware of the grave consequences is to put the key for the button inside a friend. So you have to kill someone before yeah. you can kill many people. Basically, then you get the taste for it. Yeah, you get the taste, you get the bloodlust. <laughs> it's blooded like on a fox hunt. And I call the podcast Ice Ice Baby, uh, which you will know is what? Well, I'm going to imagine it's something to do with Vanilla Ice. Correct. Although it was never supposed to be a single. Uh, really? Ice Ice Baby. Originally a B-side for the unsigned white rapper slash part-time jet ski racer. <laughs> It was the B-side of a cover of Wild Cherry's Play That Funky Music. And a radio DJ went, actually, this one's better, I'm going to play this. And then it became the first number one single in the UK and US by a rapper. So um, without that B-side, he would never have been a hit in the first place. Absolutely. Uh, and of course, he had the Queen and David Bowie controversy, because it samples Under Pressure with it the extra indeed. beat. Brian May first heard the song while he was in a disco in Germany. Right, and I just want you to imagine 1990. Yeah, take me back there. Stock aching and Waterman on the turntable. I'm feeling it. Lots of pink lights. Yeah. And the badger lover Brian May Ooh. with his giant curly sweaty hair flicking it around Ooh. the dance floor. And then all of a sudden, 
Ding, 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 I know this. I know this. Of course, he was the precursor, as well, as you mentioned, to Snow, with Informer doing exactly the same thing. Another I word. Yeah. In 1992, I lick your bum bum down. Yeah. I could never know the lyrics, but I did like trying to say it. It's my favourite chat line of 1992. As a 13-year-old to the dinner ladies, I lick your bum bum down. Headmaster's office for you, child. So this is a Fictionary, a weekly word-based podcast where we break down the dictionary one letter at a time. Please come and join in on Twitter. It is at Thick Podcast. You can take part in future episodes. Just suggest a word and we will do the homework. Today, we are tackling the letter I. Here we go. So let me give you a big I word. Is that or is it? A-double-Z-A-T. Correct. All right, okay, cool. Do you know what that is? Is it some kind of thing you would do politically? Like, he's been speaking too long, I'm going to is at him. Yeah, or is that him? Is that him? Yeah. <laughs> uh, is that is the Hindu, Muslim and Sikh word for honour. Oh. Used by people from North India and Pakistan in reference to the egalitarian system that they use of equality and reciprocity. That's a very colourful uh, word. Yeah, the idea is to maintain the reputation of oneself and one's family in uh, part. The concept of is it is the obligatory taking of revenge when one's is it has been violated. Oh, well, we've all been there. So uh, whenever, you, whenever you've been... Um, Besmirched. Yeah, is it'd. The opposite of uh, infrangible. Yeah. Uh, then someone's done an it on you, and you're in, you're required to do an it back on them. So it's like shade throwing shade, yo. Yeah. A wronged party can seek balda, which is Hindu for revenge, which can lead to counter revenge and counter counter revenge. Wait, hang on. Why does Hindu have a word for revenge? First of all, surely it's like <laughs> meant to be really peaceful. It's a logic that hampers modern day politics in India. Is it with parochial politicians gaining power and choosing the honour system over modern day economics? So it's all eye for an eye kind of shenanigans. Uh, yeah, Old Testament stuff, really. If I could cross the religions for a second, uh, let's let's straddle them. Yeah. So is it the Hindu, Muslim, and Sikh word for honour? I like it. Hmm. Don't know how often I'm going to use it, but it's good to know. I'm still going to go. Is it? Is it true though? Right. What's my word? Yeah. What's your word? Let me tell you about the word I've got. So the word I've got is a word called ismatic or ismatical. It means that you're addicted to isms, or informally it means you're following fashionable doctrines. So if all your friends are into the latest ism, let's just say, I don't know, for instance, feminism, that seems to be all the rage these days. All the rage these days, These days. We'll put an end to it, don't you worry. Um, (laughs) I didn't say that. I know. (laughs) My girlfriend, who is an out-and-out strong... No, no. fiancé. Fiancé, yeah. Now fiancé. Say, uh, she's a strong and wow. well-hardened feminist. So and if she how hears long me did saying your engagement this, last? Then? Well, it's going to last as long as it takes for her to listen to this podcast. Ismatic is actually worth 11 points in Scrabble. Wow. And here's the interesting question. Can you spell it for us? It is. It's I-S-M-A-T-I-C. And if you want to put an A-L on the end, you've got Ismatical. It's worth more points in Words with Friends. Who I doesn't d- cheat on those things every, every time? Cheats. Everyone does. If you're playing it on your phone... Of course you're going to check it up on your on your dictionary.com, aren't you? If you play dog, yeah, and then I play a word like guard, and then there's a massive gap for about an hour, I know you're cheating. Yeah. I, know you, I know you've gone off and you're Googling. You're yeah. doing the Google. Come on, stop it. But I have got an example of it in, in usage. Yeah. Um, Colin is quite ismatic. Only yesterday he told me he was both a feminist and a pianist. And that comes from Mallet's Amulet by T. Mallet, written in 1993. Uh, so the, the word for you that I have, it's not really a word, it, it's a company name. Okay. Beginning with I. IBM. Oh. You know what IBM stands I, I for? Do, uh, International British 
monkeys. <laughs> Was All I right. close on any of those words? All right, Chris Packham. All right. Uh, international business machines. I got international, right? That's all that matters. Did you ever have an IBM when you were at school? Uh, no, we had BBC Micro computers or macro, wow. whatever it was. Did back you go then. to school with the Flintstones? Apparently so. <laughs> you socky little so-and-so. Our computers had a light pen, so whatever. Uh, yes, I, we had a, an IBM at school, the IBM 186, and I was always fascinated what IBM stood for. International Business Machines. The company, uh, originally led by four gentlemen, known for their creation of the computing scale, mm. which is like, compute, like, you know, the digital weighing scales? Yes. Uh, the dial recorder, the electronic tabulating machine... And, doesn't have a name, the thing where you clock in and out at work. Hang on, they couldn't have invented that. They did. The Flintstones showed <laughs> so, a, a little bird pecking a hole in a, in a, in a, in yes. a piece of flint. That historically accurate programme, the hey, Flintstone. Hey, until someone can prove me different, I'm buying everything they say. Fine. Uh, they got together, the four guys who formed IBM, uh, with a guy who was fired from the National Cash Register Company, and they founded CTR, which was a crap name, they decided, and changed it to IBM in 1917. IBM is a bit more catchy. Uh, here's where the good bit comes in, right? IBM, uh, before we knew it yeah. as computers in schools, yeah. and in fact, the technology the computers used in 2001, A Space Odyssey, Yes, because Hal was just one letter shifted over. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, IBM was famous for its tabulating equipment, which helped companies process large amounts of data. And if anyone's still awake, uh, that basically means the tab key. So they designed computers wow. that didn't need a mouse. It became their thing, which was adopted by Windows and Apple. I never thought about that before. What yeah. came first, the mouse or the keyboard when it came to computers? Uh, they developed the universal product code, otherwise known as the modern-day barcode. Wow. Uh, in 2005, they sold their computer business to Lenovo, who you see on the advertising. Uh, yeah, with their very flat laptops. And in 2011, their artificial intelligence system, Watson, smashed it on an episode of Jeopardy. I've never said this on TV. Chicks dig me for 200, please, Jimmy. <laughs> Kathleen Kenyon's excavation of this city mentioned in Joshua showed the walls had been repaired 17 times. Watson. What is Jericho? Correct. 400, same category. This mystery author and her archaeologist hubby dug in hopes of finding the lost Syrian city of Urkesh. Watson. Who is Agatha Christie? Correct. Uh, what a dick. Yeah, what a <laughs> creepy <laughs> apple polisher. What a show off. Correct. Taking you to 4400 and taking us to our first break. We hope you enjoyed it. Where does that money go? What's a computer going to spend that money on? <laughs> hey? Prostitutes. I would like a prostitute. WD-40. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. The, the... It's like Bender from um, Futurama. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what they've created. Life got hard for me and I had took to the bottle. Anyway, you've, I mean, we're taking the mick out of him, but he's going to rule the world one day. He'll be the first the first robotic president of the United States. Yeah, but it's going to be useless. Like, all right, what should we do about Syria? How to, how to, how to achieve world peace for 400, please? Go. Um, so, yeah, there you go. IBM International Business Machines. And that means I think that you've got one more for me. I do indeed. So the next word I have for you is a word called interjaculate. Have I done this by mistake before? What? Like interjaculating. Interjaculating. Did I wake up after a particularly sexy dream and interjaculate. <laughs> it could be any one of those things. Oh. Uh, it actually means, it's a verb, it means to interpose abruptly or sharply, or basically to interrupt. These days we don't use the word interjaculate a lot. Uh, it was popular around the time of 1650, 1550. 
2025. I can't think why we don't use it anymore. I, I know. I just think people are just confusing it with spunk. Do you mind not interjaculating <laughs> when I'm trying to break this down? Because it's from Latin origin. And it's interesting. It comes from the word jaculate, a verb, yeah. uh, which means to throw or hurl. I picked a really bad time to put a lint ball in my so mouth. So you stop interjaculating <laughs> when I'm trying to explain things to you. What, just interjaculating them? Okay, in, interjaculate. Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> So, interjaculate, a nice little lovely word. Again, we use um, interject more these days. It's much more popular in our common parlance, but I do have a phrase that might put it into a bit more uh, of a a light. Uh, When I saw my wife, Colin, having sex with my best friend, I simply had to interjaculate. (laughs) And And that's that's from another Timmy Mallet book as well. And crying to my pot nude. There's nothing really special about that word, but I liked it because it's a word that you'd think we'd use a lot, but we don't use anymore because words have grown over it. One of the many words that now becomes uh, unusable because of the context of other words. Yes, which is why interject is probably a bit more common uh, rather than... Try it in a job interview and see how you get on. Uh, Why did you leave your last job? I kept interjaculating when people were busy. Time for this week's word workout. I give Paul a anagram of a word, at least nine letters, and he has to unscramble it before the end of the podcast. Today, well, in fact, it's a phrase. Every time. Rather than a word, it's a phrase that begins with the letter I. You just do this so I can't use the anagram solver on the website, isn't it? That's what it comes down to. You clever swine. Go in there. Uh, Here we go. For everyone listening at home and Paul in the studio, your word workout today is artists unerring yob. Artists, unerring, that's two R's, yob. Right. We'll reveal the answer at the end of the podcast, which is like five, six minutes away. Paul is on dirty word duty this week, so the here we go. This week's dirty word, letter I. Eromatio. I-R-R-U-M-A-T-I-O. Eromatio. Something, eromatio. Yeah. I knew him so well. Yeah. Uh, something, something you do to somebody, uh, is it a sexual version of is it? <laughs> Maybe, depends. Somebody's sexually wronged you and you're allowed to sexually wrong them back. No, 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 no. Although that okay. might need a word of its own, to be honest. Yeah. I thought just thought it was like vengeance screw or whatever it is they yeah. call. Yeah. So, yeah, okay. As we all appreciate, fellatio is the act of actively flush... Oh, sorry, I'm- is it easy if you just draw me a picture? It might be easy to draw you a picture, <laughs> or, or just hump the air and do it that way. Uh, fellatio, as just we all use know, your finger. <laughs> God, someone's going to look into here and see what, wondering what we're doing. Is I'm dry humping the air and using my fingers to just gesticulate irumatio to you. It's Christmas. Anything goes. Apparently, so we might not know what irumatio is, but fellatio is by actively thrusting your penis into the mouth of a partner. Right. However, the distinction is made between fellatio and irumatio based on who is actively moving in the act. So, with fellatio, the head is meant to move up and down on the penis, up and down and up and down, right? Whereas with irumatio is when you thrust the penis into the partner's mouth and they stay stationary. It didn't matter what you did, it was always going to be known as fellatio. Kind of fellatio became the catch-all word for penises in things, coming in and out of things. Because it's kind of a pedant's word, I suppose. It is. It's like you go, but do you realise the other thing was moving and not this thing? And you go, like the Batman and Robin meme, you go, shut up. (laughs) Yeah, and that's where, like, I I didn't come here for this. I'm going to have a romantic night. And here's you picking me up on semantics. I caught Alfred giving Batman fellatio. Don't be stupid. (laughs) Here's the other interesting thing about the word eromatio, though, is that there's two definitions of it. Obviously, there's the first one. Yeah. 
The other definition, well, I, I just skimmed past this, was it means to push your winky between the thighs of another man or between two men's abdomens, which to me seems like a lot of fuss. Two men? I mean, where do you get two men at such short notice? I have a phone number and a long, dark history. All I can think about, and this is horrible, is the Chuckle Brothers. <laughs> To me, to you, to me, to you. <laughs> That's information you in are, a nutshell. You ruined my childhood. <laughs> you fiend. Yeah, so show for you then. Uh, not fellatio, <laughs> but almost. <laughs> and after that sobering thought, it's time for the results of the word workout this week. Uh, uh, an anagram. This time beginning with the letter I. It's a phrase, not a word, Paul. Artists unerring yob. Ooh, artists, Ooh. artists on their ring yob. Artists on their ring yob. I think. Half your time. Ah, oh, this is gonna. I can't. It's not. It's hard when you do. It comes to timpani. It's really hard when you phrase this because it's. I can't visualise what I'm meant to break. Artists on their ring yob. Time's up. Is it? Boy, boy ring art, stun. <laughs> I, I see what you've done. I've put a phrase into an anagram translator and come up with something else. You've then put that phrase back into the anagram translator and it's come up with complete rubbish. Yeah, that's how they broke the uh, the, the code in the World War Two. True. Artists yeah. unerring yob. It's not brain surgery. I hate you sometimes with this, this one. A phrase commonly used to describe something that is or at least should be simple. People think it can't have been used before 1884 when the world's first brain surgery on a tumour was thought to have taken place. But the French actually were drilling holes successfully in people's heads as far back as 7,000 BC. Yeah, but not for very good reasons. Despite this, the average person wouldn't know where to begin. Although there is an app. Of course there is. Of course there is. Which allows you to practice ear and nose surgery. On the brain, going yeah. through those things. Uh, as well as the good old-fashioned, through-the-top, open-a-flat method. The phrase, it's not rocket science, was coined during World War Two. That's the other one. Was that the V-rockets or, yeah, or the V-missiles? Uh, as American technology, put together by Germans that they hired to do it for them, yeah. triumphed over the other Germans. Uh, and it slowly made its way into popular culture through NFL commentary. That was the rocket science thing. Uh, so sort of 50s, 60s. Yeah. As, we, as we watch the sports on the TV... Those guys, those wise guys. Those wise, crazy guys. They started saying, uh, hey man, do the play. It's not rocket science. And then it became a thing. Uh, although brain surgery made a comeback in the 80s, I think when we were all short-tempered. I don't know. <laughs> I can't work out why it's not brain surgery made more of a comeback. I'll tell you why. Because we lived in the 50s with the rocket's future and all yes. this utopia was being built. And then as we went into the 70s and dystopia of the early 80s, that idea of a utopian rocket science future became pat and trite. And so what became the other thing impossible to describe yep. that would say it's not rocket science? It was brain surgery. That or the movie Weird Science. Or Weird Science, yes. Or <laughs> the man with two brains. Artists and erring yob, it's not brain surgery. And that'll do it for this week's episode of the uh, the Fictionary. Have, how festive have you felt? This has been the most <laughs> Christmassy thing I've been involved with. Oh, it's been lovely, hasn't it? Uh, thank you so much for your company. If you stuck with us right the way through until the end, uh, in all honesty, this podcast has been incurious. And I found it reasonably immense. And some would say it's been Izard, an 18th century dialect name for the letter Z. So uh, Jay-Z could actually be Jay-Izzard or Jizzard. Yeah, Jizzard. Uh, <laughs> it could also be the ancient German for ice hard. Okay. Uh, weirdly, because of course everything was frozen back in the ancient Germans. Everything was uh, frozen. This. 
This show is part of Podomity, the podcast comedy network. We're the best kept secret on Acast. Why not laugh at what else we've got? Check out podomity.com now.